The future is a hefty responsibility and not one that we take lightly. But then taking things lightly has never been what hefty is about. That's why we've created the Hefty Renew program that turns hard to recycle plastics into valuable resources like park benches and building materials. To participate, simply fill up an orange Hefty Renew bag with accepted items, tie it up, and drop it in with your regular recycling. That's it. It's that easy. It's time to rethink recycling with Renew. Particular valued resources may vary by geography. More info available at heftyrenew.com. Hello and welcome to the Green Industry Podcast with Paul Jamison. This show is all about helping lawn care and landscaping professionals take your business to the next level. Paul is the author of four best-selling books, including Cut That Grass and Make That Cash, and his brand new book, The Lawn Care Advantage, winning strategies for a thriving landscaping business. Available on Audible and narrated by Mr. Producer. Now, here's your host... Paul Jamison. Welcome to today's episode of the Green Industry Podcast. I hope you are doing well and crushing it in your business. I'm loving so many stories of hearing about prosperous summers for many businesses, and I hope business is booming for you. A couple of weeks ago on the Green Street Podcast, we chatted with a pressure washer, uh, Justin Rogers. He's from Louisiana, and uh, he has all kind of entrepreneurial stories, and uh, pressure washing is kind of his wheelhouse nowadays. Well, anyway, that episode's great. You can watch it on our YouTube channel at Green Street Podcast over there on the YouTube. Well, anyway, Justin invited me to be a guest on his YouTube channel, which is Forever Self-Employed. He's got almost a half or over, actually over a half billion views over there. He's coming up on 600 million views. He's got uh, close to 700,000 YouTube subscribers, a really um, booming channel over there. So we did a live stream and uh, Justin was asking me all about my origin in the lawn care business and, and what I've learned about business over all these years uh, being an entrepreneur. So without further ado, uh, this is actually a little uh, role reversal on today's program. Instead of me being the host, I'm going to be the guest and Justin Rogers is firing away the questions. Now, if you want to watch this episode, check out Forever Self-Employed on YouTube. It's Justin Rogers' channel and you can watch Justin and I's interaction uh, but if you're out on the mower and you just want to want to tune on in, uh, sit back, relax, and enjoy Justin Rogers and myself chatting some business. What is up, everybody? My name is Justin. This is Forever Self-Employed. In today's video, i got a special guest. Paul, with, Paul is with me, and we're going to be talking about how to make $1,000 a day cutting grass in your lawn care business. Paul, how's it going, man? Good, Justin. How are you? I'm doing good. I'm doing good. So for anybody who doesn't know, uh, Paul Paul runs the Green Industry Podcast, and uh, he had me on pretty recently. And so I figured it only fitting for you to come on and share with my audience as well. Totally, man. Good to, good to talk to you. Absolutely. Absolutely. Happy to have you with us today. So like I said, we're going to be covering uh, a lot about lawn care today. I don't cover a ton about lawn care on my channel, so I'm hoping it's going to be very beneficial for a lot of people out there. Um, one thing I do want to mention before we get into the video, Paul, is this video is sponsored by Quote IQ. We're doing a, a truck giveaway um, to a premium or platinum subscriber of Quote IQ. So if you guys need help keeping up with customers, sending estimates, invoices, or collecting payments, check out Quote IQ linked in the comment section and the description of this video. But with that out of the way, I kind of want to talk about lawn care from a really high level. I think we all know lawn care is like, you know, if you got a lawnmower, you can go out and provide a service for people. But I want to talk about the higher end, Paul. So first and foremost, tell us about how long you've been in the lawn care industry and kind of what got you into that space in the first place. Yes, sir. So in 2011, uh, my friend uh, Christian Lewis was 
uh, doing music and Randy Jackson, this, this story goes full circle, but uh, Randy Jackson was on American Idol at the time. It was a big deal. And he had heard my friend Christian singing one day and he's like, dude, this guy's anointed. He was in like a studio setting. So he's like, we got to call this guy. So he gets his number and he calls my friend Christian Lewis and, and he, and the phone rings and Christian picks up and, and he's like, Hey, it's Randy Jackson. And my friend Christian starts laughing and hangs up. Cause he thought it was one of his buddies prank calling him. Cause in the music world, Randy Jackson was like the gatekeeper. And so Randy was like, uh, he hung up on me. So he called him back again and he's like, Hey, uh, this is Randy Jackson. And my friend's like, yeah, right. And he's like, no, it really is. And he's like, I just, I'm hanging out with so-and-so and I just heard you. And uh, we'd love to, um, I'd love to meet you. I'll come to Atlanta and meet you. Meet me at this restaurant in Buckhead, at, you know, on Friday or whatever. So my, my friend hangs up the phone and, and his wife's like, who is that? And he's like, Randy Jackson. And she started laughing. She's like, yeah, right. It's probably one of your friends joking. So Friday night comes and he's like, no, I really think it was him. So he goes down to Buckhead, still not knowing if it's a prank or not. And he goes to this steakhouse. He's like, there's no way I can afford this place. It's like the most expensive restaurant in Atlanta. He's sitting there still thinking his buddy pranked him. And then these black uh, fancy cars show up. You know, the, 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 the butler guy that opens the door, Randy Jackson comes walking out. And my friend's like, oh, my gosh. And they, they had dinner together. And so Randy's like, come out west. I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to get your music career going. So my friend calls me. He's like, Paul. He's like, can you come live in my ma- my house for a year? He's like, I'm going to go out and work with Randy Jackson. And I got to go like on, you know, in like a week or something. He's like, my mortgage is 928 bucks. And if you can pay that, you can stay in my house for a year. And I said, cool, sign me up. So I didn't really have a job. Uh, I, I was selling, I was flinging some vitamins out of my trunk at the time, but I, I didn't really have any like steady income. So, and I didn't have any responsibilities. I like literally just graduated college. So I, I move into his house and I have to come up with 928 bucks, you know, by like the first of the next month. And I'm, I'm super freaked out. Cause I'm like, that's a bunch of money to me at the time coming out of college. So I'm thinking, how am I going to come up with 928 bucks? It might as well have been a million dollars. I mean that when you're, when you come out of college and you don't have a job, that's a lot of money. So I was walking through the neighborhood he lived in and I saw a for sale sign in this cul-de-sac and the grass was like three feet tall. I'm like, why would you sell a house if the grass is this high? So I called the real estate agent and she thought I was calling to cut the grass. I was just calling to complain. And she's like, what's your price to cut the grass? And it was like a light bulb went off in my head. Cause I was like, wait a minute, this is how I could get some money. So I was like 60 bucks. And I just picked that number out of thin air because I, I mowed my uh, parents neighbor's house, uh, Frank for 20 bucks in high school. So she said, sounds great. She says, here's my email address. She's like, send me a picture when you cut it. We'll cut you a check. So I, 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 I borrowed my friend's mower. I didn't even ask him. He was out making music. I just took the mower out of the garage. I didn't even know you're supposed to weed, eat, and blow. I just went and started mowing. And, uh, you know, I took a picture afterwards. And lo and behold, you know, the real estate agent cut me a check for 60 bucks. That was my first yard. And then she's like, do you, um, she's like, can you do more yards? I was like, Absolutely. And so she started giving me addresses because the the guy who was mowing the grass for the real estate agent was in the hospital. So I just started mowing grass. And next thing you know, I just started, I was like, this is how I'm going to make the money for, 
uh, the 928 bucks. And so I just started hustling in the neighborhood. And, and that's how I got my very, very, very humble beginnings. And then several months later, I got the big, big breakthrough, um, which is another story I wanted to, to tell you. Dude, beautiful, man. But like, so it just kind of like happened. That was kind of like my story a little bit. Everything was kind of like divine intervention. Like things just lined up and uh, it was almost like that was the path that you were supposed to go down. Right, Paul? Yeah, hundred percent. I had a quick YouTube question for you. I wanted to yeah, share this live to my channel. You're the YouTube whiz. I hit share. I hit create post. Uh, then what am I supposed to do? Yeah, so I would just copy and paste the link in if you have the, uh, I, not to the stream yard, but like uh, to the live stream itself. All right, I don't if know you why. want me to, I can send you a link for it. Yeah, it's all good. I don't know why. So, something ain't working on my phone, but we'll, we'll, I'll just publish it afterwards. No no big okay. deal. Beautiful. So, yeah, so I didn't have any, any uh, I had zero business skills. I had zero business knowledge. I, I was an employee up to that point. My biggest job, I got fired from Best Burger um, in high school. And then I worked in the dining hall in college. So my resume was absolutely pathetic. And <laughs> I was living in, so, so, so after I lived in his house for a year, um, he moved back in and all that stuff. I ended up moving into an apartment complex. And every day when I would come home, this guy named Vic, he would just be out, you know, smoking a cigarette and he, he had a, a funny mouth on him. He'd be like, Hey, what's up, Paul? And, and I was like, what does this guy do for a living? Like he, he, he never works. And so, um, one day I get home from, from mowing and he's like, Hey, can you help me move a couch? And I was kind of intimidated by the guy. So I wasn't going to tell him no, but I was like, sure, I'll help you move a couch. So he's like, all right. And then he's like, uh, get into my car. And he had this ghetto Toyota Corolla or Camry or whatever it was. But it was like one of the older school ones from the nineties. It was, it was old. So I thought he meant move a couch, like in his apartment where we lived now. So now I'm getting in this ghetto Toyota Corolla Camry, whatever it was, old one, all rusty. And I'm getting a little nervous. I'm like, man, I don't know. I don't know what I got myself into. So we start driving. He's like, yeah, my sister just needs help moving a couch. And I'm like in his car thinking I'm about to be on the news. You know what I mean? Like, what am I doing? So he's driving, he's driving. And all of a sudden he gets to the gate to Sugarloaf Country Club, which is where uh, little Bow Wow lives, Matt Ryan at the time, the quarterback of the Falcons and all these like rich people. It's all, it's all these humongous houses. It was like the, the marquee neighborhood in Atlanta at the time, a bunch of the Falcons players lived there and, um, all kind of famous people. If you're into hip hop music and all that. So he, we get to the gate and I'm like, what the heck? And he, and he talks to the security guard and the security guard opens the gate. And I've always heard about this neighborhood and I've like peeked through the trees at it. And here we are driving around all these humongous houses. And I'm like, oh my gosh. And we go to his sister's house. Lo and behold, she lived in this neighborhood. And so I didn't have any filter. I met her. I said, hey, who takes care of your yard? And I was like, I could do a better job. And I was like, look at all those weeds. And I'm like, I'm like, you know, letting her know. She's like, you know what? We're not too happy with the company. She's like, why don't you give me a quote? And I said, absolutely. And so I emailed her a quote. I got the job like the next month or so. She she finished out with the other company. She gave me a shot. She ended up being a real estate agent in that neighborhood. So then I started getting all kind of other houses in that neighborhood, um, which ultimately it's a long, long, long story. But I ended up getting the defensive coordinator, Atlanta Falcons, then the head coach, Atlanta Falcons, the captain, Atlanta Falcons. And I was doing a whole bunch of the, the Atlanta Falcons yards, um, kind of just learning the business on the fly. So I... I went from humble beginnings to like serving the rich and the famous pretty quickly. 
One thing I want to point out with this story, Paul, and like I think a lot of people get this mistake and whenever they first start a business, they figure the business is just going to kind of come to them. I love the story about how like you went out, you you know, you met with the real estate agent and then this story about how you took an opportunity to go move a couch and then, you know, you just came out and told this lady because that's ultimately how some of this business is done. And unless you have the ability to talk to people face to face, you're not really going to make it happen. I think a lot of people think, you know, I'll run some Facebook ads, things of that nature. But like you can grow a large business just networking this way, right? Yeah, in that neighborhood, it's a it's a gated community. It's you can do Facebook's ads to that community, but you can't do like door hangers or like you can't canvas the neighborhood. They they have uh security guards that are driving around all the time. It's a it's a high, high security neighborhood. And so I got another yard in that account who who turned out to be a high-level CFO from Silicon Valley. And he had called me, he had called three people. He because he lives in San Jose, California. And he called the first person on, on Google, um, Google, you just typed into Google lawn care in Duluth, Georgia. And he called the first company. They didn't answer. Called the second company. They didn't answer. Called me. I was ranking third on Google. So it is super important to, to do Google, right? But he called me third, left a voicemail. I, I listened to the voicemail pretty much in real time. And I immediately called him back and he gave me his address. And I knew he'd lived in that neighborhood. So I was Johnny on the spot. I went over there. Gave him a quote, got the job, and I didn't realize that his next-door neighbor was a defensive coordinator, Lana Falcon. So we actually gutted everything in his front yard, put in, put in new sod, new plants, new we, – we, we remodeled his yard and made it look fantastic for him in addition to mowing the yard, mowing the grass. So one day, because he lives in California, this guy's so rich. If I told you this, the company he's the CFO of, everyone's heard of it. This guy's so rich – that he has a vacation home in this Atlanta neighborhood just to take his buddies golfing a few times a year. Like they'll go to the master's golf tournament and stay in Georgia. And then like, he's just so rich. It's just like a house. He comes to a few times a year, which is mind boggling, but it's a whole nother world. So long story short, because we knew he didn't live there and he's never there on Saturday mornings, I would always go do his yard Uh, My schedule was really full. So Saturday mornings, I'm like, no one lives there. We'll go do his yard. So little did I know we were really annoying his neighbors. So I was at Home Depot uh, one Saturday morning. Robert, who was working with me at the time, he called me. And I knew when I saw him call me, I'm like, this isn't good. Because Robert's kind of a go-getter. He's going to figure it out. He doesn't need to call me. So he calls me. like, hey, Paul. He's like, I'm with the lady next door. And uh, she's really upset that we're using the blower at 8 in the morning, wanting me to stop. And so I was like, all right, I'll be right over. So I leave Home Depot, I come over and I go and the lady had left at the time, but she, she basically, you know, chewed Robert out. Like, why are you guys blown, using that blower at 8 a.m. on a Saturday morning? So I, I go and I knock on the door and she opens the door and I just came out and apologized. I said, hey, ma'am, I said, I just wanted to let you know, I apologize that we are a nuisance. And the reason we've been going there at 8 a.m. is because they don't live there. She's like, yeah, I know they don't live there, but can you like do them on a different schedule? Cause she's like, we have guests every weekend for the football games. And it's just, we just don't want you to be in there at 8am. So I was very apologetic. I was very kind. And then I was like, absolutely. It'll never happen again. We'll leave right now. And, and I'll make sure we do it in the afternoon, you know, on like a Tuesday afternoon or something. And then she's like, Hey, by the way, she's like, you guys did a really good job with the remodel. And then her husband, I got to meet him. And long story short, they asked me for a quote to do their yard. And so I give her a quote. I end up picking up the job and I was doing their property maintenance now for a few weeks. 
And I remember one time her husband came out, we were talking about limbing up the tree and I was asking him how much he wanted, how much of the tree he was comfortable with us limbing up and stuff to get some sunlight on the turf. And I just randomly was small talking with them. And I was like, hey, your wife mentioned you guys have guests in for the football game. And I thought she meant the Georgia Bulldogs. I just went to like college football game. I was like, what team do you like? And he looked at me and he started laughing. He's like the Falcons. And her, his wife was like, he's the defensive coordinator. And I was so embarrassed. I was like, oh, <laughs> and uh, I was like, cool, cool. So anyway, he he's become, they become actually good friends. And I've, I've done all kind of work at their lake house, at their regular house. And um, like when I would go on dates and stuff, they'd let me take their BMW to take out a girl. Uh, and uh, I, I, they, they've been awesome. They took me to the Atlanta. I got to go to so many Atlanta Falcons games. Like the year they went to the Super Bowl, I literally got to go in the locker room after they won the NFC championship and I'm hanging out. Um, I got to pop champagne bottles with the the team afterwards, and I I was the designated driver, so I gave him a ride home. We go, we went home from the NFC Championship. I dropped them off, and they're like, "Hey, you want to come in and watch the AFC Championship?" It was um, New England. I think they were playing Houston Texans, and so I actually went to Carabas, picked them up dinner, came back, and I'm sitting there with the the Falcons defensive coordinator watching the new England Patriots. And he's like, all right, Brady's going to check it. And he's going to do this. And I'm sitting there. And then Tom Brady would do exactly what he says. Like, how in the world did you do that? And like all game long, he's like, okay, the linebackers coming around the corner. And then I was like, it was mind blowing. Like he predicted basically like every play, he could just look at the TV and he knew what was going to happen. But, um, all because of a lawn care business and networking, some crazy opportunities have opened in my life. And then the guy who is the CFO, he actually invited because he when I started doing social media, he's like, hey, why don't you come on out to San Jose and me and my wife can take you to Facebook and Google. And um, so I went out there uh, in October. They took me to San Francisco 49ers game and then they took me to Facebook, uh, Instagram's across the street from Facebook. They took me to YouTube. Um, they took me to the Google Plex. They took me to Apple. It was wild. And they they like I got to see all those places. So it, it's wild, man. Dude, I, we were just talking about before we got on here about all, all the ways you've leveraged um, your networking in order to meet and talk with different people. So I think if anybody were to take anything from this, it's the fact that they need to network better because you've mm -hmm. just been able to do so much just by talking to the right people, right, Paul? Yeah, and serving them. I, I've never, well, I, I, I should say this. I did make some mistakes along the way, but what right. I learned is you when you're in that level of, of the one percenters, You'd never ask for anything. And we were talking about Shaquille O'Neal before we got on the call. I got to go to a party at his house with Greg Whitstock and I was listening. I was, I was eavesdropping on a conversation with Shaq and Greg and Shaq literally told Greg, he said, you know what I like about you, Greg? And he literally told him, he's like, if you ever need anything, you need money for a charity, you need anything. He gave Greg like a blank check. It's like, if you ever need anything, he's like, I got you. And he's like, you know why? He's like all these years, he's like, you've never asked me for anything. And so Greg just served Shaq and built him a dream. I don't even know how to explain it. Build him a dream yard with like putting holes, a pond, uh, a beach. Like if you guys ever go on YouTube and, and, and uh, look at Shaq's pond 2.0, it's crazy what Greg built him. But in that whole process of Greg and his team being there, he was never like, hey, Shaq, can you get me an autograph or can you get me tickets or can you do? He just served him. And that's what I did with these people is how can I make their yard look great? How can I go above and beyond? How can I would, and I mean, sometimes it wouldn't even financially make sense. I would just like pour my heart and soul into going above and beyond. 
and they appreciated stuff like that. Like, for example, with the head coach, or he was a defensive coordinator. I also maintenance the head coach of the Falcons, but I knew the Falcons were playing the Tampa Bay Buccaneers. And I just had known from talking to his wife and stuff that after the game, they were flying back into Atlanta. I think it was a Monday night or Thursday night game. So they had played and I'm like, I knew the next day was trash day. And so I had the, the garage code to their garage. Cause I would, um, they had like ice cream bars and Gatorades and water in their refrigerator for us. So we got to go in their garage. So I was like, I know he's not going to, uh, his, his trash cans weren't out. So I was like, I just, I just like took it upon myself. I opened the garage. I knew he's, you know, down in Tampa Bay playing a football game and his wife was out of town on work. So I literally took the trash cans out to the curb for him. And then he was just, he's like, you, he cusses a lot. But he's like, you mother effer. He's like, thank you so much. And he's like, how did you think about that? And like, I would just do stuff like that. Even though I'm cutting their grass, I'm like, what else can I do to make their life better to serve them? And it just, when like you do something for somebody, then they feel like they owe you a favor. And so that's just what happened with, with those people. And when the CFO would come home and um, wine and dine his rich friends and take them golfing, like the yard would be immaculate. Like I would have that place looking like Augusta National Golf Club. Even though he only paid me this to cut it, I would just, I would, I would make sure it looks perfect. And stuff like that pays off over time when most of the competition in the lawn care world, they just, they do the bare minimum. Like we call them chucking the truck or staying in the van or, you know, they just, they don't do a good job. And I, and here I am like doing it with excellence and it, it opened up all these crazy doors. Hey folks, Paul here. And you don't want to miss the equip exposition this October in Louisville. You can register before September 7th for the early bird price of only $12 and 50 cents using code Paul dive into a world of 1000 exhibits and hands-on demos in the industry's ultimate proving ground. Check the link in today's show notes to save big and register for only $12 and 50 cents today. You're out there in the field, mowing lawns, making money, working hard, but for every dollar you make, you're worried. Worried that you spend too much, worried that you won't make payroll, or worried you'll generate a big financial mistake. Simply put, you don't know your numbers. You're not alone. The Landscaping Bookkeeper has helped dozens of eager lawn care owners organize their numbers, learn the language of business, and build a solid financial foundation. Start your journey from simply earning money to creating a long-lasting source of income today by scheduling a free 15-minute phone call at thelandscapingbookkeeper.com. Ready to take control of your finances and grow your business? Look no further than the Know Your Numbers e-training program. From streamlining your billing process to understanding your operational cost, this course will provide you with the foundation to succeed. Many green industry podcast listeners have already benefited from this program. It's time for you to join them. Get started now at greenindustrypodcast.com and finally make the money that you deserve. I love that. I love how you leverage your relationships. I love how you went above and beyond value first before you ask for anything. I think there's a couple of different things people can take out of this. But the other thing was the speed to the quote. So like, had you not gotten to that quote super fast, you wouldn't have landed it. And I think that's where some of the people drop the ball at is because the first and second company didn't answer the phone. Typically, whoever people get first, they're usually going to go with it if they mm-hmm. need a service done. Right, Paul? Yeah, I was number three on on the Google My Business. And at the, at the time, my business was actually called PJ Lawn and I had a website, pjlawn.com, and I was crushing Google. So step one, because I had an online presence, this is law, this is 2011, 2012, and, and I, I understood how important SEO was back then. So that put me in position to even get a call. 
And because company one and two didn't call him back within a few minutes, once I got the voicemail and I listened to it and he said he lived on Oak Hill Overdrive or, or Overlook, I was like, oh, oh, I know that street. And I called him back. I was like, you know, whoa, whoa. like I just I knew he was big money based on where he lived. And, I, and Johnny on the spot, I gave him a quote. I took care of it. And uh, yeah, so that was super, super important. And even with the, the defensive coordinator, I could have just let it slide that day and, and, and just moved on. But I went over there to apologize. And, and Renee, that's, that's the coach's wife. She ended up being just a world-class human being. And so, you know, I think she kind of felt bad that she, she gave Robert a few words and she, you know, that was the smartest move I could have done to go over and knock on the door and explain why I was at her neighbor's at 8am and apologize and, and everything like that. And then one other thing about the quality of the work, when I was at uh, Ken's house, that's the CFO, we did a great job from the sod to the flowers, to the plants, to the um, pruning the Japanese maple, like everything we did was world-class. And I didn't know that the, he was a defensive coordinator, but they would always go on walks in the evening and him and his wife would be like, man, that looks great. Like they, they took note to our level of excellence with the landscaping. So it all works together. You do quality work, you're Johnny on the spot with your communication. You're not afraid to network. And um, it's, it's paid dividends. Like, I mean, I was, you asked me off air, you're like, how did you meet Shaq? And I had to kind of think about it for a minute. And I was like, oh yeah, Greg. But if you like trace it all back at like, it's just wild. Like all because of mowing grass. Like if you really take it full circle. So I try to tell people like, you're like only a couple conversations and connections away from things that you would never even know were possible. So I do want to ask you that, were you in that neighborhood every Saturday at 8 a.m. for a particular reason? I know you said the guy wasn't typically there, but was it to kind of stay in front of the people in that neighborhood? That Now that, that would be next level thinking. So when I started my lawn business, I, I was broke, busted and disgusted. I, I came out of college. I had no financial um, intelligence. I, I had no business knowledge. So I was living, um, like robbing Peter to pay Paul broke, broke as you can imagine. So what I had to do is I had to take a job at Carabas, um, ironically in the evenings as a server, just to, just to make end meet. And the other thing was my prices were too low in 2011, 2012, 2013, probably even in 2020, 2014, I, I think it was about when I, I realized I needed to raise my prices. So because I wasn't charging enough, I had to go get a job. So I could only work to about 2.30 p.m. And then I'd have to go get a shower. I'd have to clean myself up and I'd have to be at Carabas at 4 p.m. And if I opened, I had to be there even earlier. So because of that and the workload that I had on my plate, I wasn't able to get it all done Monday through Friday. So I had to work on Saturday mornings because I'd go in and work at Carabas Saturday evenings. That was like the busiest night. So I, I wasn't intentionally going there on Saturday morning. Cause I knew everyone would be home. I, that's just, I had too much on my plate because I wasn't charging enough. And I had to have a, a night job at that point in my career. So that was the honest answer, but that does make sense that people were home on Saturday mornings for sure. Especially in like the most, you know, expensive neighborhood, you would think that that might be a good time to get in front of, you know, everybody in there. I do want to say this. I love the fact that you went and knocked on the door because like as a business owner, we wear so many hats. Right. And so for you to get a call and for the lady to say she was upset, it would have been super easy for you to be like, hey, you know, just tell her, you know, we're sorry or just kind of blow her off, whatever the case may be. But going in person and talking with her and settling it ultimately landed you like a lifelong friend and, you know, a really great customer, too. Right. Yeah. And then they ended up moving to Lake Oconee 
and they, they called me and they're like, Hey, do you, do you want to work on this job? And so I was, I was actually Easter Sunday. I remember when I went out there to give them a quote and I'm looking at this job and I'm like, this would be the biggest job. This would be a huge job. And they bought this lake house and it had all these trees along the lake. And she's like, here's the goal. We want all those trees down. And then we want to be able to see our lake from our back porch. And I'm thinking one, two, three, four, five, six. I was like, this is crazy. It's like the woods in her backyard. And so anyway, I was like, we'll do it. And so my buddy Chance Wrigley, Wrigley Tree Service, he gets out there and, you know, cuts the trees down. And then, um, you know, me and my crew, we go out and we clean everything up. I think we counted 117 stumps. It was it was absolutely insane. But while we're working, uh, Ben, you're a big football fan, right? Yep. The neighbor's Ben Roethlisberger. I'm sitting there oh. and, and the Pittsburgh Steelers. This is the off season. So you got, you know, I don't, I don't know exactly who the, this was a long time ago, but I think it may have been like, I forget who their wide receivers was. I think it was like Heinz Ward or like, I don't even know, but this was, this was right. a while ago, but literally I'm sitting there and I'm like, uh, so I, I tell coach Smith, I was like, is Ben Roethlisberger, your neighbors? Oh yeah. Yeah. He was right over there. And I, he's got that big butt boat. And um, I was like, this is crazy. I'm like, that's Ben Roethlisberger. And so, um, cause he has a, um, vacation home in Lake Oconee in, in, um, in Georgia. So it was just wild. And we, we cleaned up all the trees. We did a great job. Um, I, I can't tell you how many times I took their jet skis out. You know, we got to stay at their house while we're working and then, you know, we'd work and then we'd go out on the jet skis and, and have fun. And so it's just like, it's, it's, it's wild, but it, it goes back to serving people and, 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 and making their, their world better. And then they, in return, you know, want to, want to bless you. So Dude, I love that, Paul. That's probably going to be like the overarching message of, you know, this uh, this video we're doing today. Now, Noah sent in a couple super chats. Thank you, Noah. It was $3. I, he wanted his question answered. And I, and I like this question because uh, you have a particular mindset on this. Would hiring a business advisor be a good investment for a foundation? Now, you have a lot of coaches. I'm not sure exactly what this means. I'm, I'm assuming that he means like, hiring a business coach to teach them, you know, about a new business opportunity. Mm -hmm. You have a lot of coaches. So can you speak to why you have so many coaches and, and why you like to invest in that? Yeah. Uh, so Noah and, and Justin can, can attest to this. I, one of my coaches, I pay a thousand dollars per hour and I've done at least 14 or 15 one hour sessions with this coach. Who's way further along in, in, in a, in a sector of business than me. And I just like, Hey, you know what you're doing? I don't. And you need to, you need someone who's credible just because you pay a lot of money to a coach doesn't mean they're any good. So I did my due diligence beforehand and found out this guy's the best at what he does. And so absolutely find somebody who's further ahead of you. And I was blessed, um, Justin and, and Noah, uh, before I had the money, I had people who were willing to help me and I didn't have to pay them. Um, my friend Kenny at the time in 2011, when I started, like right when I started, I asked him, I said, I called him and I said, Hey, Kenny, it's Paul. I don't know if you remember me. Um, but I said, I started a lawn business. I know you've been at it for a while. I was like, I just want to know if we could grab a cup of coffee and you could show me the ropes. He is very generous. He took me to Panera coffee. We sat down for probably an hour and a half and he kind of, you know, gave me the lay of the land and, and taught me the basics. And he's out, he's the one who actually told me cause he worked in country club of the South, which it was in a little different part of Atlanta where Alpharetta is. Um, at the time, Whitney Houston lived in there before she passed away. I think Justin Bieber was living in there still at the time. Um, Usher, they have all kind of 
that neighborhood's pretty wild too. You got to go in a gate to get in the neighborhood. Then there's like another gate to get to, to Usher's house or whatever. So Kenny dominated that neighborhood. So he's like, you got to find a neighborhood like that and dominate. And, and, and he's like, that's where the money is. Go where the money is. And so when I got, and I'm going to answer Noah's question in a minute, but when I got to move that couch that day and I got into the neighborhood, I was like remembering all that. And I was like, this is my chance. This is my chance. Like I got to get in this neighborhood. That's why I just blurted out. I literally think we're like moving the couch. And I was like, Hey, you got a bunch of weeds in your yard. I was like, I'm a, I'm a lawn expert. I can make it look great. And I'm, I'm literally pitching this lady with like enthusiasm. Cause I knew if I could get her, it's, it's game on. You know what I mean? So anyway, what I wanted to tell Noah is now I pay a lot of money to my coaches. However, in those early days, a thousand dollars. Are you kidding me? I didn't have no a thousand dollars in 2011 to pay somebody, but I, I asked Kenny to go to coffee and he, he said, yes. And then uh, there's a guy named Rich. He worked for Brickman, which I think is now called Brightview, but at the time they were the biggest company. And um, anyway, I asked him for some help and, and he helped me for free. So if you don't have the money and you have a relationship with somebody who's further ahead of you that you trust, you could just ask them. Um, but if you do have the money, I would absolutely invest in somebody who can um, speed up your your process. And and that man, I pay a thousand dollars a month or a, a coaching session to to coach me has helped me earn um, outrageous amounts of money, like way bigger of an ROI than that. So yes, get a business mentor, absolutely. And it, and then. You have to remember this. Then you need to be a business mentor to somebody else. So I try to help actually not to toot my own horn, Justin, but this morning somebody came home, came over. Uh, let me see that couch right there. They sat on that couch right there. I didn't charge them a penny and I, I, I gave them business advice, you know, for a good solid hour or so. Um, and, and I helped them and I didn't charge them anything. And so it's like you, you give and you, you receive, you give and you receive. So Right. And that seems like it's been your motto all along was was giving more value than than you're taking in, which I love, Paul. I think that's awesome. Um, OK, so I kind of want to get into the uh, a little bit more, more specifics on lawn care specifically. What services would we need to offer in order to get to like if we wanted to get to a thousand dollar a day? I mean, like mm -hmm. we couldn't go and cut. You'd have to cut, you know, how many yards a day to get to that number? Yeah. So I'm going to I'm going to reveal the secret to lawn mowing and I'm going to I'm going to. It's controversial. I'm going to ruffle some feathers, but I, this is the truth. So I mentioned my friend worked at um, Brightview. It was Brickman back in the day. And if you look, uh, there's a, a magazine, Lawn and Landscape magazine, puts out the top 100 lawn and landscaping companies. And if you actually look at like the top 10, top 15, the only reason that they offer lawn mowing, the only reason, I've, I've, I've been in these conversations with them behind the scenes. The only reason they offer lawn mowing is to put themselves in the best position to get the enhancement work. So the, the big money is in the enhancements, meaning the mulch, the pine straw, the fertilization and weed control, the uh, tree installation, the tree pruning, the, all, all of that I call enhancements, meaning you're, you're making the property better. But think about it like this. If you're a homeowner and you have somebody doing a really reliable job mowing your grass, you're more than likely going to ask them first, hey, can you do mulch? Hey, can you prune up that tree? Hey, do you do fertilizer? Hey, so so really the person who does the lawn mowing more than likely is going to get the first at bat on all the enhancement work. And if you really know how to market, then you already be proactively like in advance letting them know, hey, we're going to be doing flowers in May. You know, do you want to do you want some do you want some begonias? 
or in the fall, hey, do you want some pansy flowers? So to be truthfully honest, and I do have people that listen to my podcast that are only mow and they don't even offer enhancements and they make a profit mowing and you can do that. But the secret that the top 10, the top 15 companies are is they make a razor thin margin, razor thin margin on the mowing. The only reason they do it is because now they're the go-to guy for the upselling all the big money jobs. So that's, and I've done over a thousand podcast episodes and I've been very clear about that. I don't think it's a good idea to only do lawn mowing. I think you need to do lawn mowing with the skill set of marketing and upselling that you're going to do their mulch, their pine straw, their flowers, and then anything else you see along the way, a, a tree that needs limbed up or a tree might that falls down during a storm and you, you know, you have the, the equipment to, to tell them, Hey, we'll, we'll, we'll chainsaw it up and haul it to the dump for you and stuff like that. So again, if you are doing lawn mowing, you have a huge advantage of the other companies who only do landscaping. Always a good time chatting with Justin Rogers. Again, his YouTube channel is forever self-employed and the entire interview with Justin and I is housed over there if you want to watch it. And on the next program of the Green Street Podcast, next episode, we're going to have part two of this conversation with Justin and I. Thank you to Kevin Carroll for dropping us a five-star rating and review on Audible for the new audiobook that's narrated by Mr. Producer. The Lawn Care Advantage, Winning Strategies for a Thriving Landscaping Business is uh, now available to listen to on Audible. So uh, we have all four of our books on Audible and the last two books Mr. Producer is the narrator of. So if you want to uh, check out that audio book, um, it's called The Lawn Care Advantage, Winning Strategies for a Thriving Landscaping Business. It's three hours and 12 minutes and it's produced by uh, Mr. Producer. I could listen to him read the shampoo bottle. So he's definitely... <laughs> pleasant to listen to and um, I think the book's jam-packed with um, stories that's going to motivate you as well as practical strategies that's going to help you in your business so check out the Lawn Care Advantage winning strategies for a thriving landscaping business on Audible thanks for listening to today's show hope to catch you on the next one don't miss your chance to level up at the 2023 Equip Expo in Louisville Kentucky from October 17th through 20th you can explore the best in landscaping and hardscaping across the 1,000 exhibits. Make the most of this event and use my promo code Paul to save a whopping 50% off your registration. Just check out the link in our show notes and let the growth of your business take center stage at the Equip Expo. Hey, it's Marty, producer of the Green Industry Podcast. This episode is over, but check the episode notes for links to products and services that you heard about during the episode. And thanks for listening.